This is ESPN Radio. You got Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPNU. Miss Amber Wilson, how was your week and how are you in this Monday, my friend? I am excellent, Freddie. How was your weekend? It's good to be back with you. Great to be back with you. Weekend was fantastic. I had a chance to go to what I like to call one of my hearts in my life, my school, Manchester University. I'm a proud graduate. 1987 in Pennsylvania, we had a celebration of life with my football coach who passed away not too long ago. And I'm telling you, Amber, you've never seen so many grown men being influenced by one man from one football program at Manchester University. And he also was a coach at Passaic High School in New Jersey, Tom Elsasser. And I'm telling you, it wasn't... A, a lot of tears, but it was so much emotion by what he has meant to us and to celebrate his life and his daughters, Carrie and Amy, did a fantastic job putting everything together. I could not have had a better weekend celebrating somebody in Tom Elsasser who's always going to mean so much to me. I had a great weekend. That is so cool. It's so cool about sports, right? And Amen. it must be so rewarding to live the life of a coach because you do impact so many people forevermore. And that legacy lives on far past you. So that is such a cool thing that you got to go celebrate him. Yeah, and two things I always think about Coach Tom Elsasser, two words, save and reach. He saved so many young men, and he was he was so able to get so much out of you that you did not know you had. So he always saved a lot of people, and he never made it about him. But also the word reach. I can't tell you how many of my fellow Mansfield brethren, we reach out to see if someone is doing well. If they're not doing well, reaching out to them to see whatever you need, whatever we can do. Because that's what Coach E did for plenty of us. He, he, was, he was able to save so many people and reach out so you felt compelled to say, I'm going to reach and help somebody else because that's exactly how he lived his life. So it was really cool celebrating his life. It was a life well lived. He passed away not too long ago. And believe me when I tell you, his legacy, Amber, is going to live on further and further and further than so many of our kids and their kids and their kids' kids. I can't put in the words. It's un, it's, it, there's not enough words to put in exactly what Tom L. Sass has been to so many people in Manchester University in Pennsylvania and at Passaic High School in New Jersey. His legacy lives on through you, right? And everything yeah. you're doing. Because I'm sure yeah, even fair. though your career goes far beyond actually anything you ever do on a field, like it does for most people, right? And Absolutely. most athletes and most collegiate athletes alike, it's those things that you learn that he taught yep. you during your tenure there in college that stay with you forever, impact your career, whatever it ends up being in the future, impact how you probably treat your family or your own children and what they do in their lives. So his legacy lives on forevermore. And no doubt about this. So, like, big shout out to everybody up there this week. And, like I mentioned, the Sasser family always going to have my heart at Manchester University always has my heart as well. So that was my weekend. How about your weekend, young lady? That's cool. Um, well, I mean, my weekend wasn't nearly as special as that, so I don't really know how I compete with it's that. It's always special. You have a chance to be with the family. That's, there that's we go. See, she buried the lead already, everybody. She's already buried the lead. <laughs> my four-year-old son, I have one son. My four-year-old son right now is on his first solo trip with his grandmother, with my mother-in-law. Okay. And so this is like a very weird time for me and my husband. Well, it's very weird because we don't have our kid here. And it's like, I'm uh, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, what do I do with my hand? I have so much free time, you know? Like, they, I, I, I'm like, how did I survive before I had a kid? Like, there's no responsibility in my life. I'm like, this is amazing. But I somehow don't feel like I'm taking full advantage of it. Like, somehow I feel like I should be, like, wilding out being crazy. Right. As crazy as I got, I went to the Luke Combs concert in oh, Tampa on oh, Saturday night. Big fan, by that the way. Was 
dope Luke Combs as good live as he is recorded. Wildly talented. So that was really fun. I don't think I made it in bed that night until like 2 a.m., which is like crazy for Amber Wilson. So that's me living large without my kid at home. (laughs) Luke Combs is the only guy in 21st century music that can take a song from 1988 by Tracy Chapman, Fast Car. Fast Car. And have it number one, not just in the country charts, but also the pop charts. She became the first black woman to have a song that she wrote be number one in the country charts. I can't tell you how much money Tracy Chapman has made off that record. Yep. In over and over and over oh and over God. again. I mean, those are the gifts no that keep question. on giving no, when you have a banger like that. And yeah. Luke Holmes said, like, that was a song that he grew up on, no riding around with his father. His dad song. used to play. That was, like, his dad's favorite song, so he would always play it. So Luke Holmes wanted to record it, didn't change any of the lyrics to it, so right. saying it from the female perspective. Yeah. Such a cool thing for him. I love when artists do that so many decades later mm-hmm. because – the kids listening to Luke Holmes have no idea who Tracy Chapman is, right? Like, they don't know that song. And yep. so for them to now get an opportunity and get familiar with it, super, super cool. And I'm sure it works out there uh, yeah. for, for everybody yeah. in terms of money. Yeah, Luke Holmes gets it in. <laughs> and believe me, when he did Fast Car and I first heard that, I said, he's one of the f- few that could pull that off mm-hmm. and make it sing like that. And he is spectacular, spectacular, spectacular. It and was part of his set list Saturday night too. So I did get well, to watch him sing that live. Well, if he's not doing that, then what are we doing? You got the right. number one record in the country and it's not part of your set list. Like, what are we doing? Come on. Luke, well, Luke my Holmes. very favorite Luke Combs song right now is actually a song called dive, which is actually an Ed Sheeran song. He did okay. not play that one. So really? I wasn't sure if he was going to play fast car since that wasn't his original Song, but I he did. He, that that one's part of the tour. If you do go to this Luke Combs tour, well, we'll keep that in mind because believe there me, they're playing Luke Combs fans out there going, "Okay, Amber Wilson said he's not going to do that, but he's going to do this." Okay, got it. We want to make sure that's <laughs> going to happen. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio this morning. You can join us anytime you want on Twitter at Amber W Sports. Amber's handle, my handle, the Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone number as well: triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And speaking of music, boy, you Britney Spears fans had a weekend, huh? You were getting on Victor Wimbiyama when he didn't play well in his debut on Friday, part of the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Last night was a whole different story, and all the Britney Spears fans that got on him and trolled him on Twitter had to go back into their cave and leave him alone when he had 27 points and 12 rebounds. He said after last night, that comfort level came a lot sooner and quicker than he could have expected. You know, to me, it's just um, it's just me me getting comfortable with, with myself, with my body, with the, the court. Because I, you know, before today I had like uh, two practices in one game, so uh, it's just I was just getting going. You know, you're a dude when you can go two for thirteen on a Friday night, Amber. People lose their minds. What's wrong with him? He's overrated. And then you go nine for 14, 27 points, twelve rebounds, and three blocks. Oh my goodness, man! That Wimbyama, man, he's gonna be terrific. We knew this was going to happen, and Amber, we were not let down, not by him but by the reactions to him when it came to Friday night and then it came to Sunday night. I think we were a little let down, but I think it's our fault that we were let down because at the end of the day, Freddie, none of this matters, right? It's summer league. None of it has any bearing on what he's going to do in his career with the Spurs. But the reason I think we were a little let down is because we hyped up Friday night so, so much. Like the excitement to see Wemby stateside for the first time, because I think that factors into this. He's not an athlete that we got to watch growing up, right? He's not LeBron James where he was here the whole time and we're watching him and his games in high school are on ESPN and he's part of AAU and all of that. It's not that. Wemby 
was fed to us through TikTok highlights. And that's how most of us became familiar with him. So this was our first opportunity to really watch him stateside. And it was a disappointment because of the hype. I mean, people were paying six, $700 for tickets. The arena was absolutely packed. I mean, just to an obscene degree, the fanfare around a summer league game, it's all great for the NBA, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's not great in terms of the expectations for him for a singular night where he had very little time, and you heard it there in the clip. Essentially, no time to practice either. Plus, there's everything else going on with him. I mean, while they are practicing, his teammates, he's over here filming something with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. On Saturday. Like, that's just how his life is right now. And so, because of that, he doesn't have time to really become an American basketball player because the feeble rules are very, very different. So, he's trying to assimilate to new rules. He's trying to assimilate to an entirely new league and also assimilate to getting some chemistry there with his new team here yeah. for Summer League. Right. And we expect miracles out of all of this or expect it to look like it did. When he was playing in France, of course, it's not going to. So, yes, it makes sense that Sunday was better than Friday. But I do think it was a little bit of a letdown because you can't ever get Friday back. Like, Friday was the debut, right? We all tuned Mm -hmm. in. I watched more Summer League last week than I've ever watched (laughs) in my entire (laughs) life. My big takeaway from that Friday was Summer League basketball sloppy as hell. Yeah, but it it should be sloppy because these guys are getting used to the pro game. Your point is completely, completely valid because there's one person out there that is really glad that the attention on Victor Wimbiyama and that guy's Brandon Miller of the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, at one point he committed 18,002 games. If that was Victor Wimbiyama that had done that, 18,002 games, Twitter would have lost their blank when it came to something like that. And they were losing their blank anyway when mm-hmm. it came to him on Friday. So you're exactly right. But at the same time, I go back to what you said last week, and I completely agree with you, and you said it today, Amber, and I agree with you once again. The NBA has gotten in touch with their inner NFL by making something matter, by making an event matter, that when you think about it in the overall scheme of things, really doesn't matter. These stats don't count. But if you're Victor Wimbiyama in the San Antonio Spurs, if this is what this is going to look like, at least you got a little breadcrumb. You got a little taste right now to say, okay, that happened, we can handle it this way. This happened, we can handle it that way. It may be on a summer league level. And you're right, Amber, the play has been atrocious. From all guys. But Ooh. that's to be expected other than Shafino has been really, really good. The draft pick out of, out of Indiana University with Los Angeles Lakers. But I put it in relative terms because of summer league basketball. But if you're the Spurs and he's been able to stay this kind of grounded this early in Las Vegas, that portends to really cool things no matter what kind of adversity is going to happen in his rookie season in the NBA. My biggest takeaway from watching Wemby was the bounce back, right? Not anything to do with the actual play. Like Friday night, he gets pushed around a lot. He looks like he doesn't have the strength. He's going to need to put some size on himself. He's missing shots. He's driving into lanes he shouldn't be driving into. Frankly, turnovers were a problem for him. Defensively, we know he is going to be a force to be reckoned with based purely on his height and athleticism, but you weren't seeing that all the time on Friday night. Sunday, it looks drastic different, but none of that matters in terms of what he did on the court in my eyes. The biggest thing that he did was mentally the bounce back, not letting anything from Friday night, any of the criticism, the letdown with the fanfare and the spectacle around Friday night affect him moving forward. He kept his head cool. He's been here before. He's a championship player out of France. He's used to being famous. He's used to high expectations, bounces right back Sunday night. I feel like that out of all of this, was the biggest thing that we saw from Wemby, just to know that he can handle it all. 
he can handle it. I'm not worried about that with him. And he's got the perfect organization to try to do that. He's trying to be a G. He knows he's got to go to work. But he's in the perfect situation with the San Antonio Spurs that he's got that kind of organization that's going to let him get his shine on and let him do it on his terms and their terms and not to anybody else's terms, whether they're anti beyond the fans, Britney Spears fans, whatever that's going to look like now that this first Such weekend. A weird is a, it really was. It got started the whole <laughs> brushing back and the, the bouncer and then Britney Spears and then back and forth. It was just a whole and now mess. now there's going to be a, this movement forever of Britney Spears fans that just oh hate Wendy. <laughs> so odd. Who had that on their bingo card? It's so weird. No one, if anybody has that on their bingo card, then I need to take you with me to the casino. And whatever you're <laughs> betting on, I'm doubling down on it. Because if you had that on your bingo card, you should have made a lot of money this weekend with that whole deal. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together here on ESPN Radio this morning, also on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us on ESPNU. Don't forget about the phone number as well at 888 ESPN. 888-729-3776. 20 minutes away from Kevin Durant added again on Twitter. We're not making that up. That comes away in 20 minutes. But you'll find out next when it comes to San Antonio Spurs how powerful their coach Greg Popovich really is. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is ESPN Radio. Vic Bigwimbiyama is determined to be a G, but the real G is going to be around him for another five years at $80 million in a total contract when it comes to Spurs head coach Greg Popovich, Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPN News, as well as ESPNU. It is good to be the king, especially in San Antonio. And Amber, I'm not talking about Victor Wimbiyama. He's got to wait until the court becomes his on up the basketball court. But they gave, meaning the San Antonio Spurs gave Greg Popovich a five-year, $80 million extension. I knew Pop was popular and powerful with that organization. I had no idea it was to that level for him to be there for the first five years of Victor Wimbiyama's career. I feel like you missed an opportunity to say, I know, I knew that pop was popping, which is a, what I, I thought you were going Mm-mm. with this. Uh, he certainly wasn't popping this past <laughs> season, 22 and 60. That was their record for the San Antonio Spurs last season. And 22 and 60 gets you about $80 million. It is remarkable. That's obviously Greg Popovich living off of his reputation. He's the all-time winningest coach, and he's living off of that reputation forevermore moving forward. It's not about what you're actually doing in real time. It's about what you have done in your entire body of work. I don't have a big problem with it. I still think Greg Popovich is one of the very best coaches in the game. Also, I think this is a move by the Spurs to go ahead and ensure that their guy is here for 
this tenure for Victor Wembanyama. We're about to see a player who may take some years here to develop, but the expectations are then ends up becoming one of the best players in the league. You want to share, make sure that Pop is locked up for the tenure of that. You're talking about an older coach. You want to make sure you give him a little incentive. Let's not uh-huh. ride off into retirement yet, Pop. Let's go ahead. You mold this generational talent, and then maybe in a few years we'll talk about your predecessor. I would imagine Greg Popovich is going to be hands-on in all of those regards. Nuno, our producer, pointed out something when this contract was announced for Greg Popovich getting this extension. He said he gets an extension. You're right. 22 wins and 60 losses. It was a, there was a gap year for the San Antonio Spurs. They didn't look at him and say, all right, you know, you got to get this done or else. They didn't put that kind of pressure on him. They did not put him on a hot seat. It was uh, the complete opposite, sort of, with Robert Kraft, the Patriots owner. Because Bill Belichick and Greg Pavis have mirrored each other. Their organizations run the same way. They don't want to be in the media. They don't want to be on social media. They don't want any players being out there. They want everything kept, kept close to the vest. They believe in keep your friends and enemies as close as possible together when it comes to both these organizations. But yet, Robert Kraft let it be known. He's not putting Bill Belichick in a hot seat, but he's not going to stand for another season like what's been the case the three seasons Tom Brady left to go to Tampa Bay. The Spurs did not even do that to Greg Popovich, but Robert Kraft let it be known, hey, Bill, you've been great for me. We love your reputation. However, if this continues in 2023, 2024 may not be a good situation for you. Maybe the problem here for Bill is that he embraced mediocrity instead of complete failure. And Pop seems to have embraced complete failure. And that was the goal this season. Let's be realistic. The goal for Greg Popovich was to get the number one pick. And by the way, mission accomplished. And it feels like the owners are rewarding him with an extension, which is further proof that he just did the job that they wanted him to do. This is all part of the bigger plan. And the Spurs do have a plan. And you're seeing it here with what they've done this offseason with free agency, how they've stockpiled draft picks, the whole thing, the way that they've conducted themselves, not just drafting Wemby, but they do have a plan moving forward how to build this team and how to build this thing. And Greg Popovich is certainly part of that plan. I mean, he's the president of basketball operations there for San Antonio as well. So he's on board with this plan. Everybody was on the same page in San Antonio and so far so good. The plan is going exactly as it should be. And so Greg Popovich gets rewarded and he also gets rewarded again because of what he's done in the past and because of his reputation. But it's a very different story in basketball than it is in football. That's just the reality of it. I mean, this was the plan in basketball. There was no plan for the New England Patriots in the post Tom Brady era Mm -hmm. to try to tank and get the number one pick. And all of a sudden we have Brady back under center and we're good to go. Like it's not exactly so simple in the NFL, very different sport in that regard. Amber Wilson, Freddie coming together on ESPN radio and ESPN. You, you just said something about the word tanking that would not fly with the new England Patriots. And it's exactly right. But here's something else to that. And it's going to be an unpopular commentary. And I guarantee you, Amber, When people in Boston hear this, they're going to lose their you-know-what. The Pages did not realize how lucky they were with Tom Brady, but they know it now. They really lucked into a guy as a six-round draft pick that became that quarterback, and he was able to play that spectacular during his time in New England to overcome so many misses with players, so many misses with draft picks with Bill Belichick and the New England Pages organization. They never had to worry. They could miss on guys. They could merely miss in games. But, oh, number 12, always had their back. Now, without him, they don't have that guy in that organization. 
And in modern football, you have to have dudes. In modern basketball, you have to have dudes. And any, if anybody knows that better Greg Popovich, that person's not around. Because he's done it three times. With mm-hmm. David Robinson, right. a little bit. When he's part of the organization that drafted him. But, yeah, they had to not tank, but they got lucky in the first-round pick. Then Tim Duncan, that got mm-hmm. that started again. And now Victor Wimbiyama. The Pages know they can't do that in the NFL. But they also don't have a player that can overcome their mistakes off the football field. And now they're really in limbo. Because if you believe in Mac Jones being your quarterback, we know he's not TB part two. They just need him to be Mac Jones part one. And so far, Bill Belichick and the organization have not, have not done enough to make sure that he can have the proper components in place to make this work going forward past TB, past Tom Brady. And I'm not suggesting that teams don't tank in the NFL. I'm not suggesting that at all for draft picks. But it's a little bit more complicated. You have teams that sort of trip into that position, and then that ends up becoming part of the plan. But you see with a team like the Texans, you know, how slow of a build it is if you rip it down to the studs. Even with the Bears, right? Like, you maybe hit on the quarterback, but it's taking years here to try to hit on every other position. And now with Chicago, you're entering a season where you're talking about, well, he's not really the GM's guy, and he's not the head coaches guy and is he still going to have a job if he doesn't show off and show out even though two years ago we thought that they hit on that pick so in the NFL it is far more complicated and the Patriots certainly never took the approach of ripping it down to the studs with Greg Popovich what I marvel at here Freddie is that Pop is 74 years old Mm -hmm. like with Bill I'm thinking if I'm Bill Belichick I don't want to have to go through a rebuild anyways he's 71 you know Pop apparently has no problem with the concept of a total rebuild. It's working out according to plan. He signs a five-year extension at 74 years old. This is a man who wants to be coaching until almost 80. It's really early in Maui in Hawaii, but David wants to weigh in about this at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. David in Maui, my friend, what you got? Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. So my question for you guys is, who who do you got out of the league first, Popovich or Belichick? Wow, that's a really good question. Ladies first. Well, I, I, <laughs> Ladies first here on this I one. would typically have said Pop because of the age factor, or maybe yeah. Pop just transitions to just bas- uh, president of basketball operations, names of predecessors, head coach. I could see something like that where Pop, in other words, stays in the league for longer in a different role, sort of Pat Riley-esque in that regard, sure. before the end here of this five-year extension that he just signed. With Bill, I think the difference is what Robert Kraft is saying. Now, I don't believe it at all. I don't believe that Robert Kraft would ever fire Bill Belichick, but I could see a world, Freddie, where Robert Kraft sort of strongly encourages Bill Belichick to retire, and maybe at some point we get there. So I guess my money ultimately maybe would be on Bill. I'm going to say yes when it comes to Bill Belichick, because if you're not used to mediocrity, you don't want to get a part of that. You don't have anything to do with that. You don't want that kind of skin in the game. If you're Bill Belichick, and he has not had to deal with that since he was a Cleveland Browns head coach. He doesn't know what that's like. So that ego may not allow that to happen. Not so much with Bill Belichick, but maybe to your point with Robert Kraft, who put it out there. I'm not going to put up with any more of this. I don't care what kind of pedigree Bill Belichick has had. Shout out to that coach. caller for saying good morning to us when yeah. it's like 1230 at night, morning somewhere. It's early morning in Maui. It's mid. <laughs> yeah. It's almost mid morning I mean, like, here on you, the East Coast. Do you consider like midnight ish 
morning to any, you, you know? Any, any time the, the middle of the night. Any, any time the clock switches to the next day, it's morning. That's yeah. how I look at oh, it. All right. that, that's all my years of doing night radio. That's how I just look <laughs> at things as far as Fair. that goes. Keep weighing in at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Amber Wilson, Freddie coming together this morning on ESPN radio, Sirius XM Channel eighty and ESPNU. Kevin Durant was at it again this weekend. But this time on social media, he might have a point, and that should frighten all of us. This is ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPNU presented by Progressive Insurance. Keep weighing in on Twitter. We love to see you have to say at Amber W Sports and at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone Does it number. Go down as well. in your DMs, Freddie, as you're giving out your handle. I don't care about people being in my DMs. <laughs> That's a them problem. That's not a me problem. They want to do <laughs> that. I, 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 I have, they have the right to do that. I also have the right to not pay attention to it. I have the right to ignore it when it comes to stuff like that, as far as that goes. And speaking of DMs, that brings us once again to Kevin Durant. Uh, of course. Hey, of course. Kevin of course. Durant. No basketball for a while. He's, I don't know if he's watching Summer League basketball, Amber, but that doesn't mean that he is always, 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 always not aware. He got into a conversation with Josh Erbley about no one is thinking about the fans when it comes to Damian Lillard and his trade request to be traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Miami Heat. Josh Erbley, a Canadian fellow, known they're very polite, and he was polite but going at Kevin Durant by saying, would you rather build around just Scoot, meaning Scoot Henderson, and Sharp, or a third guy who is also awesome slash exciting. My point is fans' best interest doesn't have to align with players and vice versa. Kevin Durant replied at KD Trey 5, I don't think anybody is involved that are thinking about the fans when making these decisions. Fans will just deal with it and be happy as usual. He's not completely wrong, right? I don't think the front office is directly thinking about the fans or thinking like a fan. And you don't want your front office to think like a fan, right? Being a fan is emotional. Fandom is an emotional experience. And you don't want the front office to be making emotional decisions. But ultimately, the goal of the front office is to better the franchise. And the goal of the fan ultimately also is is for the betterment of the franchise. So I do think ultimately those goals are in line. 
So maybe in the immediacy, Kevin Durant has a point. I don't think he has a point in terms of the long-term plan. If Scoot Henderson ends up going out and being everything that the Blazers think that he can be, and they're able to build around this dude here over the next few years, and he's out there balling out, the fans are going to be happy. And KD alluded to it. They're going to be just go back. They're going to deal with it. They're just going to be happy as usual. Well, they're only going to be happy as usual if it actually works out. But yes, they're going to be happy because the fan wants the team to be good. And that's the reality of the situation. Mm -hmm. If you are a fan, Freddie, you are a fan of a team first and players second. This idea that when a player leaves your organization, you stay a fan. Sure, you might wish him well, but you were a Damian Lillard fan because you were a Trailblazers fan, not typically the other way around. So you're going to remain a Trailblazers fan into the future. If the Blazers do this thing the right way around Scoot Henderson, then of course you're going to be thrilled. Fans are very elastic like a rubber band when it comes to their teams. Let's call that as it is. There have been plenty of times that organizations have let fans down but yet the fandom is so strong they don't just run away from their teams. You can trade away their favorite player, they're still going to stick by that basketball team. The favorite player can even go after the fans, but if he apologizes and plays well, then the fans are very, very, very forgiving when it comes to that. Kevin Durant is right because anybody involved in making these decisions, organizations never worry about fans. They don't worry about fans and their feelings. They only worry about fans in their pocketbook. And as long as fans are contributing to that, to their bottom line of finances – they have that carte blanche, and they have used that carte blanche, Amber, to do whatever they want and because fans are always going to be there. So, yeah, Damian Lillard has been really loyal to that organization. He loves that fan base in Portland. That doesn't mean that he was going to let that get in the way of business. And at times, I thought he did. I thought he had too much loyalty and did not look at the big picture. And that's not disrespecting the fans. That's just saying what it is. He thought he wanted to win a championship in Portland, and it got to the point that he, didn't, he knew he couldn't do it anymore. That wasn't a fan issue. It was about Damian Lewis. I've done all I can. And the fans have to accept that because more often than not, they're going to, no matter how popular a player has been with that organization. Well, they're going to accept it again if it works out, right? And so, yes, you're right. The front office cares about making money, right? That is the front office's job, quite literally. All of this thing is about money. And so you make money. If you have people in your seats, if you have eyeballs on your screens, and so ultimately from that perspective, the fans matter. You want them to watch your product. You want them to want to attend your product. You want them to spend money on your merch. And they're not going to do that in large numbers unless you give them a good product to watch. And the Blazers traditionally obviously have done that. Damian Lillard certainly added to that being a good product for the fan to watch. But if you have a championship winning product, then that's potentially even more money, right? right? That is the ultimate goal here. And it seemed like they weren't going to be able to get a championship product around Damian Lillard where he has, where he is at in his career. It's much easier to do that with somebody Scoot Henderson's age if you feel like you nailed that pick. And it's a shame that we're not seeing Scoot in summer league like we thought we would because of the shoulder injury, but obviously they're trying to protect their player there. This isn't a situation, though, like we have with the Oakland A's right where we see this in baseball where you just treat your fans like absolute garbage and you're doing that because you're trying to force your way out of a market get a new market get a new stadium deal and the owner gets a whole lot richer meanwhile you have quite literally 
on purpose, by design, given your fans absolutely nothing to watch and show up for, and then you point your fingers at the fans and blame them because, oh, by the way, they're not watching and they're not showing up in that market. That's not at all the situation here with the Blazers, obviously. So if you want to take issue with organizations not treating fans well, there are those examples in sports. This just isn't one of them. Allowing Damian Lillard to walk out your door, essentially, is all part of this plan that the Blazers have come up with because he is your best piece. He is your best trade asset and if you are building this thing around scoot henderson he's the piece that doesn't fit the plan moving forward he's the piece you need to trade away and many fans and to use the oakland a's example and maybe the los angeles angels example they don't want their stars going somewhere else and making bigger markets better because that's what damian lill is looking to do to go to the miami heat because he tried in portland angels fans are worried about that with shohei otani they pretty much know that he's going to be gone if they don't make the playoffs, he's going to go somewhere else to give him a better chance to win and win a championship in a bigger market. Everybody clearly understands that. But if you're a team in a market like the, where the Portland Trailblazers are or the Oakland Athletics about to lose their team or the Angels about to lose their player, you're really sick of that. And I'm sure a lot of fans don't like the fact that Kevin Durant put it out there. You matter to a bottom line. You don't matter when it comes to decisions. Jeff in Alabama was to weigh in on this at 888-729-3776. Def Jeff, what you got? Hey, uh, look, I, born and raised, love, love the Oakland Raiders. The Los Angeles Raiders doesn't matter. Tom Brady going to uh, be an owner of the Raiders, that's a bridge too far. The NFL owes me a Super Bowl and the <laughs> New England Patriots, that Tuck my butt. <laughs> That's, I just can't go that far. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to get off the ship. <laughs> and see, really? Because Tom Brady's to your off. owner. Tom Brady's part of the ownership, and that's too much for you, Jeff, in Alabama? It's it, it's too much. It, he, just what, because you disliked him so much as a player? Yeah, the the quarterback. Wow. But Jeff, that, that, see, I, I, it's funny, Freddie, because obviously there were there were all those uh, rumors. I put in air quotes because it seems like verified reports where Tom Brady was originally trying to do this down in Miami, right? That mm-hmm. whole there was the there was a goal there. Uh, it seems like he was maybe a fake retiring out of Tampa and was going to try to play in Miami and become kind of quarterback owner there of the Miami Dolphins, and obviously Miami ends up losing a draft pick uh, because of that whole issue. So uh-huh. as a Miami Dolphins fan, I will tell you though, I spent decades, quite literally decades, hating Tom Brady because of what he was doing to our team uh-huh. in our division when he was in New England. I would have welcomed him with open arms as part of this ownership group. Like, I think it's so cool. So it doesn't matter to me that I used to hate this guy as a player. I think it's great when these superstar athletes get involved in ownership. Sometimes fans, though, for example, you cannot tell a Boston Red Sox fan that Derek Jeter joined the team that rooted for him. They would have said no. Certain I, fan bases. Yes, you don't think that team. they would have gotten over it at some point. Like I, I also mm. didn't like DJ when he was a player, and then mm-hmm. he became the owner of the Miami Marlins, and it's he, it didn't go though. so well either, Derek. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, it's different. Don't when, love that. Either. It's different <laughs> when they're running your team, but not playing for your team, and they used to play against you. For certain fan bases, plenty of fan bases, as Jeff in Alabama said, that is a bridge too far. 
believe me when I tell you that, although that's not a bridge too far for Amber Wilson, if Tom Brady wanted to play for a Miami Dolphins, as far as that goes, I'm sure she would have gotten over that all the years not standing him when he played for the New England Patriots. Amber Wilson, Freddie Cohen together this morning on ESPN Radio. And speaking of quarterbacks, we know Tom Brady's not in the top five anymore because he's not in the NFL. But who are the top five quarterbacks, according to yours truly, Freddie Coleman, that Amber Wilson can't wait to disagree with? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is ESPN Radio. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. R-E-L-A-X. To the top five NFL fan bases. Top We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five quarterbacks. And let the disagreement begin, and not just from Amber Wilson with me, Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPNU. Who are Freddie Coleman's top five quarterbacks? We never start at the top. We always start with... Number five. He's still top five quarterback to me, and it's Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets. And I think he's going to be the most peeled quarterback going into the NFL season because he wants to shove it in the faces and with the Green Bay Packers because he still believes he should have power church and state there. He can't wait to be part of the bright lights in big city. He's got an offensive line that's going to get a little bit better. He's got some receivers in the outside. He's got a bunch of filthy McNasties on defense. I think we're going to see the Aaron Rodgers that we should have seen last year that we didn't see. I got him at number five. Number like- four. You know what? Ladies go first. Ahead. No, no, come on. No, 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 no. I was going to react to that, but go how about ahead. I save it until you go through your whole list? I feel like we should have done this off the air, but okay, that's fine. we're All figuring right. it out in real time. Let's go. That's what, what's next? Number four. I got Jalen Hurts to the Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, for my money, he's the best quarterback in the NFC. And the fact that he was able to, to prove so many people wrong who say he was not going to be a pocket quarterback, too much of a runner. He elevated everybody's game, and he was a holding penalty away that had nothing to do with him from winning a Super Bowl championship with the Philadelphia Eagles sooner than later. His ability to not only command the huddle, but make people better, get his game even better and better and better each and every game that we saw last year that we'll see again this year with the Eagles being the best in the NFC. I got Jalen Hurts at number four. Number three. Uh, Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills, and I know what happened last year. I get it. I don't think we have to worry about Josh Allen turning over the football like he did last year. We had 22 turnovers, 15 interceptions, but he still completed a high percentage of passes, and he was fourth in the NFL in touchdown passes. I don't think that guy was a scrub last year, 
for the Buffalo Bills. Maybe not having that pressure, trying to carry the organization and doing too much being their best running back, could be the best thing for him. And it'll be the best thing for the Buffalo Bills. That dude is still elite. That dude is still legit. I got Josh Allen at number three. Number two. Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals. We knew he was going to be good. Nobody saw him making the Cincinnati Bengals that relevant. Where we're seeing Joe Burrow jerseys all over the National Football League, not just in the in the city of Cincinnati in the state of Ohio. You know you are the dude when so many young girls and young boys want to wear your jersey. That's what Joe Burrow is right now. And, oh, by the way, he's gotten his team the AFC Championship game the last couple of years. They won in Kansas City last year, and the year after that, they were a penalty away from getting to the Super Bowl and beating Kansas City again. A lot to do with the Joe Burrow factor. That is an X factor, but it's no longer X factor. It is the factor. I got him at number two. Number one. I was tempted to do the whole Chappelle skit episode, Amber. Who are the five greatest quarterbacks right now? Mahomes, 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 and Mahomes. It's his world, and everybody's living in it. And here's the scary deal for everybody out there. He may just be getting started or continue to be even greater than what we've seen so far. We heard the conversations last year. What is he going to do without Tyreek Hill? Just fine, thank you. He was the ultimate point guard, spreading that ball all around. And then he single-handedly on one leg got this team through the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati, and then that run for the ages in the Super Bowl versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It is Patrick Mahomes' world. We're just living in Amber. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. So let's start here with your number five and Aaron Rodgers, because I feel like a lot of people would just leave him off the list entirely at this point. If we're talking top five quarterbacks in the league, forgetting, of course, that we are only a year removed from him being a back to back MVP. So a down year for Aaron Rodgers last season was still not a down year for the average quarterback by any means. Aaron Rodgers, obviously still phenomenal. We'll see what it looks like in a New York Jets uniform. But for me, very squarely in the conversation. So I appreciate you actually having him on this list. I'm here for Jalen Hurts, we maybe disagree there. Okay. And that's going to be a little surprising, and we will get to my list a little bit later in the show. Yes, we will. But Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that certainly has improved every season that he's been in the NFL. He takes this huge leap last season. It gets him into a Super Bowl. That's great. How sustainable is it? Was last season the outlier? I mean, when you pull his stats here, Freddie – It's remarkable the leap that he took in terms of completion percentage, in terms of yards per attempt, touchdowns, interceptions. I mean, it's it's such an improvement that I hope he's figured something out here. And if he does it again, he would be in my top five quarterback list easily. But it's the sustainability factor. Whereas like an Aaron Rodgers, I have an entire body of work to point to. With Jalen Hurts, I feel like I have a season, frankly, to point to, even though, of course, he's been in the league longer than that. And that's completely fair. 22 touchdown passes last year, six interceptions. He also ran for 13 touchdowns and had close to 800 yards rushing. And he did miss two games of the season with Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, those points are valid. The reason I put him at number three is that anytime a crucial throw needed to be made, he made those crucial throws. I go back to that Super Bowl where he makes those plays down the field and all of a sudden Kansas City has to go back down the field to try to get the field goal to win that football against uh, game against Philadelphia. He seems to be the kind of guy that those kind of whatever shortcomings he had, he's overcome them. And whatever failure he had not winning that game, even though he didn't fail, he's going to be single-minded to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's why I have him at number three. Yeah, so he was 22-6 and six in terms of touchdowns to interceptions last season. The season before that, 16 touchdowns 
to nine interceptions. It's just was such a market improvement last season. I'm not trying to take anything away from oh, no. what Jalen Hurts did last season. It's oh, just like, hey, I need to see it a little bit longer before I put him in the top five. Josh Allen, I think, is a quarterback that a lot of people wouldn't have maybe in their top five because I think there's this idea out there that because the Bills have been disappointing in the postseason that somehow Josh Allen has been disappointing. I agree with you, though. Josh Allen, to me, is very squarely in the top five. The concern for him is all the contact that he invites, but it's also why I put him in the top five because – that dude, to watch him play, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you're on the edge of your seat every time. Yeah. Right? For Josh Allen, his sake, I know how big and strong he is, but I go back to what Ray Lewis said about running quarterbacks. We will hit that out the league, and I do not want that to happen to Josh Allen because I'm a big fan of what he does, and he can still sling that ball around. I want to make sure that he's able to be that kind of quarterback I know he's going to be. So should a school reconsider the punishment when it comes to a head coach in big-time college football? We'll get to that next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.